What's up, everybody? This is Egan McMahon, and you're listening to Running It with Nate Sexton. Running It with Nate Sexton is brought to you in part by Innova, the company that drives disk technology forward. Stay tuned for what's next. Hello, Disc Golf fans, and welcome back to another episode of Running It with Nate Sexton. I'm your co-host, Jared Orr. He is the 2017 United States Disc Golf Champion, Innova Team Captain, and just all-around good guy. Our host, Mr. Nate Sexton. Nate, how you doing tonight, man? Hey, I do what I can, man. Thanks for the, the great intro again. I'm doing, I'm doing great, though. Yeah, man, it's, uh, the season is coming. It's, it's coming up quick. Um, lots of big announcements since the last time, uh, we've, uh, we recorded. You guys, you stacked up a little bit on the FPO side there, huh? Yeah, definitely excited to add Haley. I think she's, uh, obviously one of the most talented players out there right now. And at her young age, with the power she has, the versatility she has with the backhand and the forehand, the aggressive putt. Um, she's a, she's an exciting player to watch, and I, I hope she's going to really su- have a great season and a lot of success throwing some Innova discs. Yeah, the, the choice of champions, so it's, it's the right place. Um, so, yeah, another uh, another exciting episode coming up here for us, Nate, and this is actually perfect timing. We've been trying to get together with this guest um, for months now, uh, but he's he's a pretty busy guy. His, his job requires him to work a, a lot of days, but last week we had Eagle McMahon on, and there was a, a segment where you and Eagle kind of talked about um, baseball players being – pretty good throwing some discs and, and how the sport of baseball translates into disc golf. And, and you said maybe even specifically pitchers. So I figured let's end the speculation. Let's get a major league baseball pitcher to come on the show and talk to us a little baseball, a little disc golf. And it turns out that we got a, a pretty solid one lined up. So today, Nate, we're running it with Major League Baseball pitcher from the Chicago White Sox, Dylan Sees. Dylan, welcome to Running It, man. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for joining the show. I'm really excited to hear kind of a little bit more about your disc golf journey and, and how it obviously ties into what, obvi- what must be a really demanding career with all those games you have to play all the time on the road. And obviously they want to protect your arm, I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh, since you have to all that work pitching. Yeah, so uh, I don't really get to play during my season at all. Um, maybe like I'll I'll maybe get to play two or three days if I get an off day, but it, it's pretty tough because you know half the time the off day is like the day after I pitch, so I'm, I'm pretty sore. So I kind of just got to recover. Um, but you know I got a I got a practice basket at, at the field if I want to like practice putting or or anything like that. But m- most of my uh, most of my disc golf time is is like the six to eight weeks after the season ends where I, I get a little bit off time. And in that time, are the coaches just kind of have at it, or are they still pretty protective and, and saying, hey, man, like, yeah, you can play a little? Or I, I don't know. I'm just curious. Obviously, when, you're, yeah. when your arm is, uh, is th- that valuable at the, in the major leagues, you know, they got to be pretty protective. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, I think they – I don't know. They, they – I think – as long as I don't throw uh, flicks, which I've, I've researched tends to be like what's harder on the elbow. Um, I think as long as I stay backhand, uh, backhand dominant, which I do, it's, it should be good. I haven't really had any issues with it. Um, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I haven't really even discussed any, like, any of that with those guys. They, they tend to just kind of let me do my thing. Yeah, that was before you were fifth in the major leagues in strikeouts third in the american league i think the coaches might be watching you know, a little closer yeah, now, but, Dylan. yeah but I, I don't know i played i played disc golf like five days a week all through covid in, in that off season so who knows maybe it was uh maybe it helped get me there the backhand and, thing and, makes a ton of sense to me i mean that's a really different motion from what you're mm-hmm. doing with a pitch so yeah that, yeah, that seems that seems any. like a good way to go yeah i haven't had so far i haven't had any issues with it um yeah but i mean like even right now, I'm I'm back to throwing baseball, so I haven't I haven't played in like a solid month. So it really I, I don't have a big window at all to do it. So I kind of just try to I try to get it all in as much as I can when I when I get that chance. Sure, that makes perfect sense. So no, where just, are you where are you at now? 
I'm in Kennesaw, Georgia. Okay. And so what's your, what kind of courses are, or like, what are your favorite courses down there? I'm not sure that I've been to that city specifically, but. Yeah. So my home course is, uh, is Oregon park. Um, and I play that one. Uh, it really just depends. I mean, that, that is generally the go-to just cause it's like 10 minutes from my house. But my favorite one is a, a course called Etowa. That's like 25 minutes from me. Uh, I, I tend to like the more naturey, um, like wooded courses. So, yeah, but I've I've kind of I've been able to travel around and play a bunch of different courses, and I'll even like I'll go up to Asheville, North Carolina, and I'll go up, I'll go to Nashville and and uh, try out different courses. I even played in uh, I played in Vegas with Paul uh, like two months ago, I want to say. So yeah, I I try to get out and play as many different ones as I can. Awesome. Yeah. Now, mate, does Innova have any rules about you playing baseball? <laughs> you know, that's a great question. Gosh, I haven't, I haven't really gone down that road yet. But I guess you know, there's still time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think, I don't think they want you. I don't think they want you taking bat in practice. The team captain. No, no probably chance. not. Probably not. They aren't. They aren't. It's yeah, not very restrictive. I'll say that. Uh, you know, they're not really putting anything in there. If, if anybody's interested, they're not really putting anything in there that's prohibiting me from certain activities though i do remember uh years ago when i toured with when we were when i was touring with Macbeth and we would play spike ball and there was one time when he dove and he hurt his hand and then Innovo kind of was like hey man like enough with this spike ball mm. so they, they definitely put a little they i mean it wasn't like any kind of like you're oh, you were voiding your contract but they were definitely like hey man like let's think about what we're doing here so uh, they might have a talk. Yeah, yeah, they'd probably do that to me if I like fell off my bike or something. Maybe they'd say, "Hey, well, you need to, you need to back off," or I don't know what. But oh, overall, no, they're not. They're not. They're not uh, controlling me in any way that way. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Now, Dylan, obviously, we want to talk about disc golf, and I know you want to talk about disc golf too. But oh, yeah. uh, it'd be, it'd be crazy for us not to to bring up the um, the, the career that you've had in baseball. Uh, you guys won the state championships in high school, right? You played with your your twin brother, and that's actually who yeah. started with the disc golf, right? Yeah, yeah, we won in uh, we won in 2013. So we uh, growing up, I mean, we were always on the same team, and uh, you know, we played all the way up through high school, and uh, I gained like. I grew like four inches and gained 10 miles an hour on my fastball from freshman to sophomore year. And I think that's kind of when that's when I took like the leap with baseball. But yeah, fortunately, I mean, he's the one who got me into disc golf. Um, I think back in like 2017, uh, after, after one of my seasons in the minors, we were living together at, uh, at my parents' house and he was doing his schoolwork and I was, I had just gotten back from workout and he had, uh, he had Joe Mez on. And, uh, at, at first I would always give him a hard time about it. Uh, but not, I mean, I literally had no idea what disc golf was. I'd never seen it. Um, and then he kept swearing by it. This is like the coolest thing ever. And he would like, he knew all the top pros names and, uh, I, I didn't take it super serious. And then, uh, I, I went out and, uh, walked a course with him and, and kind of started messing around with it. And then, I don't know. I just kind of got hooked. It was one of those things where, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like. I like like the mechanical aspect of sports. Like I like the body movement aspect of it. So the fact that you kind of have to like really refine your mechanics and, uh, you know, keep, keep practicing. And it's like, it's almost counterintuitive at first. Like the disc just doesn't do what you want it to do. And you, you got to like really sit there and like pay attention to, to what's happening. So I kind of, I got hooked from there. Yeah. I definitely like that too. How, thinking about how the smallest little adjustment in your motion is like, could it could amount to a hundred feet of travel right or yeah. left or it's, it's like amplified as it goes, as the disc flies down range, it's like that little tiny one centimeter change or half centimeter change ends up being this huge change down, down the fairway, 400, 500 feet. So that's always a, a cool thing to think about, I think. Yeah. And it's uh for me, it's, it's a little frustrating. Cause I'm like, I mean, I'm good. So I'm six two, two hundred pounds. You know, I can throw a baseball 100 miles an hour, but I can't throw a disc golf or a, a disc any farther than like 400 max, pretty much. So um, I, I still haven't okay, even figured out. <laughs> I still I haven't figured out how to get that that next range or that next uh, next distance, if you will. Look, I I mean, I gotta ask if you're a baseball coach, please pause the show, turn off, skip ahead. You must have you must have queued up a forehand and let it rip at, at some point. 
You know, I did at uh, I did at the pro am. Uh, Kevin Jones and Eagle uh, were there, and they were kind of like showing me how to do it. Uh, and I'm not gonna lie, I was able to rip them pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I was watching YouTube highlights of the 98, 99 mile an hour fastballs, and I feel like yeah, you jam a disc in your hand somehow and kind of go through a very similar motion with like a overhead kind of a thumber or a or a, a hammer throw maybe. And I think that thing's got to be sent. I mean, f- I would oh, think yeah. f- over 400 easy with that kind of speed. I think I think I was getting them 400, but I'm not. Uh, I can't verify, but I was. Yeah. I was getting some pretty good distance on it. But it's like it'd forbidden be, it'd fruit. It'd be cool to do. It would forbidden be, fruit think, until maybe 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 once you once your career is done in the in the majors. Hopefully, it'll be many many years. But then after that, yeah. maybe you'll be free to to uncage the beast and really show us what you got with the forehand. Does your elbow ever get sore from forehands? I know you're you're yeah. are you forehand dominant pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Yeah, I think I would I would say forehand dominant, probably like 70-30. Uh yeah. but uh yeah, I've definitely had uh, you know, just like any athlete, I've had I've had times where it's a shoulder problem, I've had times where it's elbow problems. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, just PT and, and rest and just kind of getting back and right. You know, lately I'm lucky to say I don't, haven't had any problems, but so nothing yeah. like chronic and long-term, but different little tweaks and injuries throughout my career. Certainly. Yeah. That's going to happen. I mean, anytime, you know, disc golf, it's, it's still explosive. Um, it's still, you know, I don't think it's, it's quite as hard on the body as, as pitching. Cause there's, there's times where you feel like you get hit by a truck, but I mean, there's times with disc golf where. You know, the, the day after, I'm definitely like a little sore in my back and my hips, but fortunately, it's it's definitely way less hard on the arms. So it, it's yeah, I kind of like to look at it too. Like it, it's it's using like how do I explain it? You know, how with with pitching, I'm driving down the mound um, and basically using my right leg to generate the power, using my right hip to generate the power. Where um, disc golf, I'm using my left. So I, I kind of like to think of it as like, I don't maybe balancing out my body or kind of like sure. training, you know, I, I feel like anytime you can kind of do different stuff with the body, it, it can't really hurt as long as you're being, uh, as safe as you can with it. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I think, yeah, just keeping, keeping that musculature balanced a little bit more when you do have the repetitive motion. I think I'm, I, I'm for sure if they ran some kind of test on me, I'm sure my right side is stronger than my left just from all the golf oh, yeah. i've played for years and years and years oh yeah and it'll be it'll be little things like you know you're like you're uh not clavicle i think it's clavicle like I, i've got like my right my right shoulder is like a little bit lower than my left and all this different stuff um and you know one side of my core is way stronger from from baseball but it, it's not even that bad you know it's it's kind of like how the body's adapted to to that workload and that stress so but uh yeah it's it's uh it's kind of cool i, I I try to consider it uh, disc golf cross training as much as I can. Yeah, and then and it doesn't get any more fun as cross training no, goes. It, doesn't. it really doesn't. Be out there throwing. That's awesome. Yeah. How did you like that uh, that pro am? Oh, I had a blast. It was uh, everyone there was really cool. Uh, I, I played pretty decent disc golf. Um, that was so that was good. Um, and yeah, it was it was it was cool to hang out with. Uh, with some, you know, high profile people and people. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a big disc golf fan. So it was cool being able to see like the top guys, you know, in action. And it, it always blows my mind. Yeah. Mine too. Sometimes. So the, some, of those guys, <laughs> some of those <laughs> guys, definitely. no, seriously, it's there nothing. I, I'm, I'm happy for having my mind blown every once in a while. It's awesome. So Nate, let me tell you, I'm, I'm doing some research. I watch a lot of disc golf as we've, talked about and uh dylan goes out and plays maple hill gold with simon and casey which i I couldn't i I couldn't imagine playing that that course um and he gets to eight and his first disc comes up just short just short yeah that was brutal in the water and i went oh man i know that feeling and i'll tell you if dylan didn't walk right back over to his bag and grab another disc and rip that thing across and land it right up there and then he birdies eight with the friendly mulligan and i said you know what this is a man of my own heart (laughs) i'll throw i'll throw discs i'll throw this i'm not i'm not taking a drop i'm i'm running out of discs or i'm getting across the drink yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little spoiled with discs, and I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid to, you know, if I see a couple ones I like, uh, you know, go on eBay and get some. Or uh, I've got I've got some hookups, some buddies. So 
in that moment, it's definitely it's definitely more important and way cooler to to have a legendary shot at at a course like that. So I couldn't resist. Two things that I take away from what Jared just said. For one, for one, for Jar- on Jared's end, don't play Maple Hill Golds. That's no, I'm not so going if, to. If, yeah, okay, good, because you won't leave with any discs. Oh, it's, and, yeah, that's true. If, if you're if you're committed to not taking a drop, it's going to be tough. There's some there's some carries out there. And Dylan, I heard you throw Sexton Firebird, so you need a Sexton Firebird, man. You oh. know who to talk to. Oh yeah, I mean, any if you're a serious disc golfer out there, and you haven't and you haven't thrown a, a fire a Sexton Firebird, you're missing out. I mean, I feel like it's it's one of those it's a staple in in disc golf, in my opinion. I mean, there's got that's got to be a reason why it's pretty much the most popular disc out there. Yeah, man. Let me know where to send one. I'll get you a good one. Oh, sick. I appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Now, now what you did, though, is you just made him lose his respect from Simon because in that video, Dylan pulls out his Sexton Firebird and Simon goes, did you get that for free? And he went, (laughs) no, I bought it. And he went, okay, I respect that. Doing it. Okay. So now he's still got he probably still got that one. Oh, yeah. It's in the bag. Yeah. I try to throw. At this point, I'm trying to throw as much discraft as I can, but I can't. There's no way I'd ever take a section firebird out just just Sweet. because it, you know. Yeah, you can probably is, write that into those... the contract. Yeah, You're like hey, I there's one. I got one that I gotta keep. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> let me keep the firebird. What What is it like? Uh, how did that disc become so iconic? And was that something that you? you could have ever like foreseen happening no not really uh it was just like you know i was just over the moon to have the opportunity to have a disc with my name on it in 2015 and it did okay and i mean i thought they were great discs and it turns out a lot of people agreed and yeah it was just uh you know kind of this slow build at first and with jomez and and kind of my career peaking right at that moment as well and and yeah i don't know and disc golf kind of blowing up just kind of a perfect storm for me uh, okay, with that so it's become an amazing thing. So, so doing like Joma's commentary, you think definitely helped like elevate, um, elevate your status with all that. I think for sure, because I think people along with things like this podcast, it's like people get a little bit more of a sense from my personality. I feel mm-hmm. like than they might have with other players. And, you know, I like to joke around and be funny and be approachable. And that's just kind of who I am. And so I think I, I made a lot of, you know, one of this guy's one of my favorite players, a lot because of the way I play, but also just because people felt like they could connect with me a little bit more than yeah. with, say, with some other players because they maybe don't know what that player's like. They only know that that guy makes big putts or throws mm-hmm. really far or whatever it is. And it wasn't like an intentional thing. Time. Yeah, and it, but it wasn't yeah. like I did it because I thought that would happen, but I just think it's kind of like a silver lining of of going to that commentary thing and, and having fun with that. And, you know, at first commentary was just for fun. Like we, none of us got paid for any of that stuff. We were just doing commentary because, because Joe, just trying to grow the sport. yeah, just like whatever, you know, like they wanted me to, re- me to record over a round. How weird is that? I'll try it. Sure. I'll talk about the round and watch myself play well. And, you know, wow. say that this shot was this, or this is what I was thinking here, you know, and it was all just, it all just kind of grew organically from there. Cause you know, I don't think anybody really saw the big picture back then yeah to me disc golf is such a perfect sport for youtube i mean it's it's when when you guys do the rounds and they're edited i mean it's truly something i look forward to you know like i'll get home from the ballpark and you know there's i know that every week there's a new tournament at some new cool course uh and it's just it's one of those things where like it, it is like baseball in the sense of like you know, I now follow guys and I'm like, man, I like this guy's mechanics or this guy's a clutch putter, this or that. And it's, it's really cool to see it like just see it like in such a, a more serious and professional state than even when I first uh, started watching back in like 2017, you know, like, yeah, I feel like I feel like the game has has really taken off. And I think I think really just like the demand for discs and and, and uh, all that stuff is is really going through the roof and, and the sports growing, uh, growing in popularity. Do you, yeah. do you have a? Did you keep any like twenty fifteen Firebirds? Because that's like if you kept enough in those, that's like a financial asset at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, and I actually sold almost all of the really rare ones, and it, and yeah, it was a financial uh, a windfall for me for sure. Because there's those things are really collectible. But yeah, I, I yeah. definitely have a lot of them left. But uh, yeah, awesome. some people, some people I love really that want those things. 
I love that picture you sent, Nate, where you had all the 15s lined up when you first got them, and you just had, like, a ton of them yeah. there. And it was like, if you if you only knew. You were, you were, giving, them, <laughs> yeah. you were giving them to the mailman. Sure. People were going, I got my own disc. Here you go. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Jeez. Man. Well, each, one's, each one's a trust fund right now. Yeah, but it's not only me, because anybody could have bought a bunch of those things back then, you know? So, you know, Real. we... We, they were they were just sitting there for 20, 20 bucks or whatever it was. So yeah, it's just. Wow. Uh, I mean, you can't even you can't even go and find them for what less than two hundred, three hundred bucks on eBay right now. I'd say for a new one, you're probably pushing up near a thousand bucks for oh for for one that's the for one that's not thrown. That's incredible. It's pretty crazy. Wow. So Do you, yeah. Are you allowed to say this? Do you know how many they made? Like, or is that kind of like a breach of? Uh, I, I mean, I I could take a stab at it. I I think it's probably it's less than five thousand. Less than five thousand, which means probably at least what three thousand thirty five hundred have been thrown. Probably, I would think. I mean, I I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, like what I got paid in that first year, but it wasn't a whole ton. I mean, it felt like a ton to me back then. But time. uh, but yeah, it was uh, it wasn't like it was some runaway success from from the first minute. So yeah, I would guess I would guess there's pro- there were probably less than five thousand of those 2015s produced. Man, that's, yeah, who knows? That's, that's really <laughs> cool. Gosh, there's people that have no idea. They threw them into ponds, places, and they're still sitting there. They didn't know what they had in 2015. They just bought a, yep. a disc with a, a cool Firebird on the front of it. Well, that's how yep. it goes. That's how that's how everything collectible goes. I feel like you know, if you knew from the first second that it was collectible, that'd be kind of weird. Like it's good that they get out there and just, you know, I've thrown plenty of them into ponds. Not really plenty, <laughs> but my fair share. We'll fair say fair. that. Now Nate's sitting here. He's got the Firebird. He's got the Firefly. He's got the Excal. You're now. You're like you're 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 disc rich, Nate. Yeah, yeah. It's a real rags to riches story, man. I had no discs back in the day. Can you believe that? Now I got three. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> so now, Dylan, I, I'm thinking to myself here. You, um, your brother is your twin brother. Oddly yep. enough, right? This is not the first podcast I've ever done with a major league baseball player who has a twin brother. Um, it's like, it's, that's pretty crazy as I'm sitting here thinking about it. But I, I did a, a podcast with Jose Canseco, uh, a few years ago. And, um, really? What, what kind yeah. of, what kind of podcast? Oh, man. Um, it wasn't disc golf. No, no. It was called The Truth Hurts with Jose Canseco. And, um, he just, Man, he talked. And uh, anyone who's listening to this, you can find it. It's out there. It's on YouTube. It's on iTunes. And uh, Jose is a very interesting individual. But um, watching him still at, you know, in his 50s, hitting a softball and seeing how fast his hands are and how far he can still hit a ball is one of the most amazing things I've I've ever seen. And the same thing with a, a golf ball. Um, he stinks at golf. Sorry, Jose. You know you do. Um, he just hits the mile. But, oh, my God, the speed. I, I've i seen him crack a driver. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, the guy's, the guy's a specimen. I mean, you you wouldn't want to run into that guy in, uh, if, he's, if he's in a bad mood, for sure. <laughs> Here's the thing. He's never in a bad mood, dude. Like, I can't even explain to you, but I just remember at one point we were leaving a meeting where he uh, – we were I was staying at his house in Las Vegas. We're leaving a meeting, and he pulls over, and we pull into a uh, Applebee's. And we order lunch and the waitress comes and asks for dessert. I said, no, and Jose orders a brownie sundae. He gets a brownie sundae and he, he asks for two spoons and he slides a spoon over at me. And like with the most serious look you've ever seen, he says here. And I just took the spoon out of his hand and he's like nods at me. Like, let's go kid. Get, we're going to town on this thing. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, it's it's two thirty in the afternoon, and I'm sharing a brownie Sunday with Jose Canseco. Jose Canseco, right now. That's pretty legendary. 
Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it was pretty crazy. But, um, but yeah, to be able to, to be able to see him, uh, you know, do what he does and, and especially where he is now, it, it just, you know, it, it, like you said, seeing, you know, uh, Ricky and Paul and, and those guys play up close, it's to see a professional athlete doing what they do is just, it, it's completely. Yeah, it's, it's, it, really it is. is completely mind blowing. And I actually, we went and, uh, we, we, we practiced for a charity softball game. So like Frank Mir, uh, MMA fighter, he was out there and Jose was out there and a couple of other people from Las Vegas. And, um, I was shagging balls and I was like, I'm not, I'm not leaving until I rip one over the fence from him. And literally like the fourth one, I jumped up and ripped it up over the fence and I ran back and I was like, dude, I just robbed a, I just robbed a Jose Canseco home run. I can die now. <laughs> like, it, you know what I mean? I'm talking about living the dream. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, now your brother, is he still out there? Is he playing disc golf a, a lot still, or have you now surpassed him oh, in, in disc golf? No, no, I definitely haven't. Uh, so I did. He, he's in Tuscaloosa, Alabama right now. Uh, and he was able to like help me sign up for a tournament there. So I actually played my first uh, rated round. And then uh, tournament play is called uh, the Title Town Classic. So, uh, yeah, he's out in Tuscaloosa playing Bowers and a couple of courses around there. Um, yeah, he's uh, so uh, I would say he's he's a little bit more consistent than I am. And he's, he's got the forehand so he can like hit some different angles better than me sometimes. But, uh, I was able to actually beat him, uh, at the, at that tournament. So I was pretty, I was pretty excited about that. Wow. I just, yeah. I just can't imagine. And I feel like this has got to be tough, but obviously, you know, you're, you're making your money and you're making a career for yourself in the MLB, but like just knowing yeah. that maybe you have this amazing forehand, just like, and you're sitting there on the course, like, the, oh, man, yeah. it sure would be nice to have a 400 foot forehand right now, but nah, better not, better not. That's gotta be yep. kind of tough sometimes. Yeah. I just, uh, I look at it kind of like James Conrad, you know, it is what it yeah. is. It's not never going to have forehand. Well, I'm not going to say never, you know, it'd be, I definitely don't see myself incorporating it until till after baseball is over. That makes so. sense. It makes perfect yeah. sense. But it's not. It's like James maybe doesn't have it. I feel like you definitely have it, oh, but you I just can't use one. it. I could definitely develop one. Yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd be a good time. It really would. Yeah, sweet. I look forward to it. It'll be it'll be a, a silver lining to when you're when you're ready to retire from baseball. Yeah, exactly. I'll make a. I got a little YouTube channel for disc golf, so I'll, I'll have to. Hopefully, if I can keep it going for that long, I'll, I'll do like a tutorial or something, show Sweet. my progress. Sweet. All right, guys, we're going to be back with more from Dylan. But real quick, we're going to check in with a few of our sponsors. Are you looking to add more distance and better form out on the disc golf course, but you're tired of chasing discs and losing them out in a huge empty field? Well, check out our friends at VisionaryDiscGolf.com. VisionaryDiscGolf.com has created the most incredible portable disc golf training net that is specifically designed to be both large enough and strong enough for disc golfers to confidently work on form and accuracy in their backyard or on the go. That means no more knocking over these soccer nets and softball nets that we've been throwing discs in. VisionaryDiscGolf.com has stepped up and created an incredible training tool specifically made for disc golf. Now you can practice your form and accuracy with your drivers, mid-range, and putters right in your backyard. You can use it for home training, field training, tournament or league warm-ups. Guys, this is amazing for coaches and trainers to work with individuals or groups. Check out our friends at VisionaryDiscGolf.com. If you love throwing discs, you're going to want to check this out. These things are affordable. They're going to be coming out with a bunch of different difficulties. So you only need to buy one base and they're going to keep creating new nets that are going to be able to help you work on different aspects of your game. VisionaryDiscGolf.com. Check them out. Click the link in the description of this show. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast, and we can't wait to hear about you guys and your experience with these incredible training nets. Without a doubt, 
Every single week in my disc golf league, there's somebody that pulls out a dyed disc out of their bag and everybody sits and they look at it and they examine it and they, it's this big thing and I've always wanted to be that guy. Now I am that guy because of my friends over at Greasy Dyes. That's Greasy with a Z, Dyes. GreasyDyes.com. Guys, you owe it to yourself to go check out this website. Here's a guy that does amazing custom dye jobs. These are work of art on plastic, and they're affordable, which means you can take it, you can throw it in your bag, and you can be the guy at League showing off your awesome custom dye. Visit GreasyDyes.com. Use code RUNIT10. You guys already know. Save yourself a little bit of money. But do yourself a favor and check out Greasy Dyes on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Guys, the dye jobs on these discs are amazing. When we came across him and we started talking, I knew that if we were going to recommend a custom dyer, it was going to be Greasy Dyes on this show. GreasyDyes.com, code run at 10, save yourself some money, and get that awesome dye disc in your bag and be the star of next week's league or the next round that you're out there on the disc golf course. Now, Dylan, obviously, um, disc golf is something that you love doing. You said you're back. You're throwing a baseball already. Um, but as you had reminded me in our little beginning chat here, we don't know what's going on with the baseball season right now. What do you think, man? Is Are, are we going to get baseball in the spring? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're very locked out right now. Um, you know, it, it's – we, it's definitely tough to say when exactly, um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm preparing as if it's going to be pretty close to like normal timing, but you know, I mean, we, we never know with kind of the, the business side of it. So, um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's, it's only pushback max a couple weeks. Um, yeah, but it really is. It's, it's quite the unknown right now. It couldn't be any worse timing for you. Um, you make your major league debut in 2019. Um, you get some good play in in 2020. And then you come in in 2021. You guys are the top pitching rotation in major league baseball. As I'd mentioned, you are fifth in strikeouts in all major league baseball, third in the American league, only 20 back from first place. You're, you're starting to hit your stride. I, I'm sure you got to be pumped up and be ready to get back out there. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, 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 I have faith that the season's going to be played, you know? So it's like, I, I'm not, I'm not freaking out about it or anything. Um, so yeah, but it's definitely, uh, definitely chomping at the bit. And, and as, as time's going on day by day, I'm kind of getting that, that itch, uh, to, to get back out there and compete. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get it resolved and, you know, some of the issues, some of the, the many issues can be, uh, worked on and, and, uh, and we can get to something amicable and, and get us out there. See, Nate, everyone keeps saying disc golf. Oh, you guys, you, you got to become like the other major sports. Look at this. Now Dylan's looking at a lockout. That's, is, well, that's not what we want yeah, for disc but, golf. You got to do well, what you got to do, though. If, you, you know, if, the, yeah. if, the, if, the, if something's not right, you know, you got to have the, have the negotiating power. Oh, and, and you'll see, like, I will guarantee you as there's more money brought into disc golf, you're going to start seeing some – you know, I'm not going to say drastic changes, but th things will definitely uh, get to levels and, and there'll be aspects of it uh, business related that you didn't think were going to happen. So it's just, it's just changes, part of it. I think drastic changes. People are get, people are showing up at press conferences in helicopters now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting real. Um, yeah. Now. Now, Dylan, for our listeners, just real quick, because um, maybe they're not baseball fans and maybe they're only disc golf fans, there is a difference between a lockout and a strike. Yes. And so, what you guys are in is a lockout right now. Just briefly explain that for me, if you would, please. Yeah, so a, a strike is uh, basically like when the players um, like band together and don't don't play whereas a lockout is is implemented by the owners um you know saying you can't use the facilities and and uh it's sort of just like a uh you know a a leverage technique um for them to kind of try to you know get get the ball rolling and but you know if we i think if we stick together um 
you know, we, we've got a, we've got a good union and, and if we stick together, it's, we should be able to accomplish kind of the goals that we're, we're trying to accomplish. What about major league baseball friends? You've got to be the guy that's like talking to disc golf and trying to show Joe Mez to your, to the guy in the locker oh, yeah. next to you. Um, oh, yeah. who, who have you, who have you been able to rope in and get to get out and play a little with you? Yeah, so I've got uh, Lucas Giolito's played a little bit with me. Um, I took Carlos Rodon out this year we, in Baltimore. We were able to play, I think it was called Legacy, if I'm not mistaken. Legacy something, one of the courses. Um, other than that, it's it's kind of a harder sell. Um, yeah, but, it, it, you know, guys are guys definitely, at the very least, are interested in hearing me uh, kind of talk about it. And uh, when, when James Conrad hit that... Uh, crazy shot this year it's everybody when i walked in there was like did you see that did you see that blah, blah, blah. And i was like yeah actually i was watching it live so that was like the talk of the clubhouse for like 10 minutes so it was pretty funny nice yeah wow yeah that's yeah that's super exciting um and i know that the everybody it's funny you said that because everybody that i know that knows you know obviously that i'm a huge fan of disc golf i get all these messages like hey man i saw disc golf on espn did you see that yeah. i'm like if you saw it on ESPN, don't you think I saw it already? Yep. <laughs> I think yep. I know that, that this happened. Somebody yeah. just wants to make your day. I get the same. I've, I got some of the same stuff from like extended family. Like, hey, did you hear? It's like, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was there. Thanks. Yeah, if you look, if you pause the video, that's me with my <laughs> with my hands on my head. <laughs> Man. Now, now, Nate, it's got to be pretty cool for you. Um, you started out, you know, just throwing discs in the park. And we've talked about a million times how, how that you never, nobody ever saw disc golf coming on this strong, this fast. Um, and now this is the second professional athlete from another sport. We had Casey DeSmith from the Pittsburgh Penguins on uh, previously, which you can find in the archives and running it. Um, and now we've got Dylan on. It's got to be pretty cool to see these other big time major league and professional athletes that are this into disc golf. Oh, definitely. It's, it's really cool. Any, anybody, you know, just that whole pro-am just seeing some of these people that are, you know, celebrities in their own fields and in sports, it, it's just cool to think that those people are also playing disc golf. And then even like with, with you, Dylan, like knowing who the players are, that's amazing. Just to think that, yeah, Oh man, I love my Sexton Firebird. And it's like, as a yeah. kid, if someone would have told me, Oh yeah, someday you'll have a disc and somebody pitching in the, in major league baseball, throw your disc. Like, yeah, it's that's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I can't even imagine that it's, it's, I've, I've loved the idea of, of having a disc. So I hope, I hope one day maybe I can, uh, try to copy you and, and do something, but yeah. it's definitely not going to be on the playing side. It'll be more on if I can like create cool content or something. Sure. Well, and you never know, man, you, you never know. Maybe you're, maybe that, maybe once you can unlock that forehand age 40, you make a, mm -hmm. make a charge for the master's world championship. Who knows? That'd be funny. No, yeah, I, got, I got some pretty big disc golf plans in the future. If, uh, if my baseball career goes well, money wise, at least, uh, I really, I want your, I want your opinion on this. Okay. I have a plan. I want to buy some beautiful land, uh, within 30 minutes of a major city and build an, an epic course. Uh, and then maybe do like a, a winner take all big money tournament. Like after your guys' season over, maybe like the week after or something, invite like, invite 30 people to it and I'm, I'm talking like i don't know a couple hundred k but only first place brings home money everyone else like you pay for their food their their living all that um do you think like a lot of disc golfers would be interested and in, you think that would be like good for the game oh yeah for sure i think i can't i mean if if there's no risk to the player financially like as far as you know, it'd be hard. It'd be hard to swallow if people are like putting in a bunch of money to try to get there, and that and second place walks yeah. away with nothing. But yeah, uh, but yeah. I think if if it's like a fun fun time weekend and everyone's taken care of, I think I can't see why that wouldn't be a huge success. Yeah, that would be that would be something that would be uh, really cool, and and I definitely if uh, if baseball goes as well as I'm, I'm hoping it does is. Uh, something i got my eyes set on so i'll have to keep you posted on that yeah oh man, would I, you I'm... stop it you've got a payday coming like no <laughs> other oh my god <laughs> you can uh can't count your chickens before they hatch you know yeah but, that's yeah, smart it's, that's uh, smart it's that's yeah uh, good, good chance i'll be able to do it that's that's why i'm starting to try plan it out make some connections if you will 
Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Nate, you know, uh, Dylan spent a little time with the ever popular uh, Eugene Emeralds. Yeah. Uh, in, oh, yeah. in Eugene, Oregon. And uh, oh, yeah. that's, that, that's kind of Nate's neck of the woods, depending on what year you interview him. He might sure. tell you he's from Eugene, Oregon. Yeah, so. yeah that's true. Wow. I did definitely lived there for a while. Was this pre-disc golf for you? This was pre, it was, uh, yeah, 2016, definitely pre-disc golf. Oh, man. Unfortunately, I know. Fun I missed, courses. That's too bad. I know. I know. I missed the, uh, really throughout the minor leagues, I was in so many different cool places. Um, and my brother would visit me and he'd bring out his discs and he'd have like U disc and he'd want to map out. I played, uh, you know, in Indiana here and there and I'd be like, well, whatever, dude. Like, but now I kind of, I regret not joining him, but I was able to like, <laughs> I went, and, uh, I, so I lived in Charlotte for AAA, so I went to Hornet's Nest with him one time, but I mean, that was back before I really practiced, so it's like, there's, a, there's only so much you can do on those on those high-level courses when you're an amateur, newbie kind of guy, which I, I still am, but now I can like, I can do some cool stuff now with, with disc golf, so. Yeah, I was watching you play with Simon. You you have enough arm to to play almost anywhere. Maybe you're going to hit a couple yeah. trees, but like, you, you could, yep. you, you'll be able to babble your way through. Yep, I'm starting to learn. Uh, I'm starting to learn how, like, basically, when I wanted to shape shots uh, previously, I would do it with my arm and like my wrist angle. Uh, Paul kind of had talked to me, like, you know, you got to shape your shots like with your body. So I'm starting to do that. Where, you know, if I want it to be like more in that hyzer angle, I like bend over at the waist. And yeah, I feel like I feel like it's definitely helped me uh, get consistency. But I'm still like my mechanics are still a little bit like raw and i think uh you know i'm not like quite timing stuff up so uh i still like i'll go through a three-hole stretch where i'm like you know i feel like i'm hitting my line every time and all that and then i'll go through a five-hole stretch where i just look like i've never played before but it's all for fun you know i yeah i definitely don't have the chance to practice enough to like get to that next level yeah i was gonna say it'd be pretty weird if it was any other way when you're talking about taking eight months off of disc golf and then just playing real hard for a couple weeks in any year you know so that's It's not you're not going to find a whole lot of consistency, but you can still definitely yeah. improve and have a great time. But well, how did you like Eugene? How how long were you there? I was there for let's July, I think three months. Um, it was beautiful. I mean, uh, it, it was really kind of cool. It, it just even that whole Northwest area in general. Um, that was only thing I didn't love about it is the travel in that league was pretty horrible. So it'd be like you play three games at home and then. Uh, you know, you finish the game at 11 o'clock at night and you get on the bus and it'd be an eight hour ride to, to Boise, Idaho. And wow. then you, you know, do that. And it'd be a 10 hour ride up to Vancouver through the middle of the night. So that was like, that was like true minor leagues. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, Oregon was really beautiful. I, I, I regret not getting out more. I mean, I really, uh, unfortunately I was, I was like young in my career and kind of just, uh, you know, like I was only a couple of years removed from high school. Like I didn't really feel that comfortable going out and like exploring and like sure. kind of doing stuff on my own. So if I could do it again, I would go back and I probably would have explored and I definitely would have played disc golf, but I definitely would have gotten out more. Sure. That's cool. You know, you know, Nate, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about Dylan's tournament and if this is a sanctioned event, man, you can't play. The cash streak is on the line and <laughs> Um, if, if he's only paying, if he's only paying out first place, I can't, Ooh, I can't yeah. watch Come on, that. You don't think I can take it? Uh, you know, I gotta, maybe the pressure is what I need. That, maybe I got more riding cause I got the pressure of the cash streak. I'll be making plus these other guys don't even know. They won't understand. That's the thing. You gotta invite you. Kale then. So yeah. Don't let Kale go. Everyone would have to play aggressive. And then, uh, you know, it's, it sees, it's like, Hey man, who, who can hit that 50, 60 foot putt when there's, big money in the line and that one stroke is the difference between life change as ruthless as it sounds i mean sure you're, you're gonna see kind of like you're gonna see what people are made of and it's gonna be uh it would be super intense so i think it would be uh really interesting you gotta watch those disc golfers though man we're kind of sneaky like you get to the last hole and it'd be like a sly split oh I think we're gonna have to make a rules committee. Then you're gonna have to try. No, you're gonna have no to figure splitting. out a way to head that off at the pass because that's you definitely guys... gonna be some conversations around the practice basket when there's 300 grand on the line and three guys are tied going into the last round. They're gonna be like, "Hey, yep. you know, what I've if got we just the... uh, gave 150 to the winner and the other two get 75. What about that?" I've yeah, got you guys. The solution. What, what a friendly community, man. What yeah. a friendly community. <laughs> I've got the solution. It's real easy. I used to do it in the car business. 
uh, I would have my office manager make $500 checks out to my salesman's wives. And I would mail the checks to the wives and I would say, if your husband sells 10 cars this month, you bring that check to me and we'll get it signed. That check's for you. So she would then. She would then make sure hubby got off to work every day. Oh, no, you can't come home for dinner tonight because you got a customer? That's fine. Mom is going to get this $500 check signed. So you just make the checks out Make the checks out to the wives, and you let them know, listen, this could be yours. Don't let your husband pull any – no funny business in the AT&T <laughs> box. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, or, or that or the prize has just got to be like a Lamborghini or something that you can't really split. <laughs> oh. Yeah, something – something swaggy maybe yeah. maybe a box full of 2015 firebird that's something yeah we could firebird. talk about something like that yeah sure yeah, yeah don't uh, let mcbeth win the, don't let mcbeth win the lamborghini though because he'll forget the keys Nate, and <laughs> you won't you won't be able to look inside of it so okay guys we're gonna have more with dylan sees but first we got to pay some quick bills and check in with a couple of our amazing sponsors Hey guys, if you're anything like me, when you're out there on the course, you're not laying it up. And now you can let everybody know with your very own Running It with Nate Sexton t-shirt brought to you by our friends at VII Apparel CO. VII Apparel CO, formerly the Savage Apparel Company, is the official apparel partner of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. They have the official jersey partner of Joe Mez Pro. And they're the official jersey partner of our host, Nate Sexton. And now you can get your very own Running It With Nate Sexton shirt at viiapparel.co. VII Apparel is the home of all your disc golf apparel for when you're out on the course. They represent disc golfers like Nate Sexton, Chris Dickerson, Avery Jenkins, Madison Walker, and so many more. Home of the Disc Golf Pro Shop, where you can start your own disc golf apparel line with VII. VIIapparel.co is your one-stop company for all your custom apparel needs. They do it all, from screen printing and embroidery, a great partner for tournaments, clubs, or teams. VII Apparel CO creates the best jerseys in disc golf. Make sure you check out VIIapparel.co to see all of their other offerings as well. Grab your first edition Running It With Nate Sexton t-shirt. Get your pre-order in now at viiapparel.co. So excited to introduce Rogue Discs to our listeners. Guys, check them out on their website, roguediscs.com, or you can just scroll down in the description of this show, and Anna will be nice enough to put a link right there for you to click and get on there. Uh, Nate, this website is awesome. When you get on the website, they've got the dynamic flow chart set up. You can put the specifics to the kind of disc that you like, and they will go ahead and show you all the discs that fit into the speeds and the fade and everything that you want there. They've got more than 20,000 discs and over 600 mold and plastic combinations in stock. They've got some awesome new hand warmers for those of us on my side of the country that are trying to get out there and play in the cold. Check out roguediscs.com. And Nate, for our listeners, there 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 got to be a way to save them a little bit of money, right? Oh yeah, we got our code Run It Ten Ten Percent off your first purchase. I just want to thank them for coming on board. It's awesome to have them working with us, and also say it's definitely hand warmer season over here as well. So I'm looking forward to trying those out. These are the electric ones you can recharge. I've been going through the Costco pack. I'm generating trash. I don't need to do that. I'm I'm going to get digital with my hand warmer technology. Nate Sexton stepping his game up, guys. So roguediscs.com, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. So, yeah, it's uh, so Dylan, are, do you anticipate, you know, as your career winds down? We're talking about as your career winds down. You're, you're 15 just, years. Just start. In, in just start. Yeah, I'm, I'm, thankfully, it's, um, I'm definitely closer to the, the starting line than the finish line, I think. But like I said, I mean, you never know, you know, you, you really, sure, you, you can't sure. take anything for granted. So, but yeah, it should, should be closer to the start. That's for sure. So you grew up in Georgia. Did you grow up yeah. a Braves fan? Oh yeah. Well, uh, so I, the, the Braves were pretty much the only team I, I watched. Um, but 
Uh, Only I was team we big... all watched. TBS is on everywhere. They're like exactly, the... exactly. But I was a big Alex Rodriguez fan, so when he went to the Yankees, I I kind of started rooting for them. Which I'm a little ashamed to admit that I I was a switched uh, allegiance, but I just I thought A Rod was like the you know I mean he was like the greatest baseball player I'd ever seen. So it was hard it was hard not to root for the guy at the time. But uh, man, I love the Braves, Chipper Jones, John Smoltz, those those legends. It was. Uh, it was cool watching them, and they won. Uh, I want to say they won fourteen straight uh, titles, division titles. I think so. Yeah, they're uh, the got, most underachieving team in the history of pro sports. I know they just couldn't. And it was. Uh, I remember. I think it was, was it Ted Turner when he bought it, and then they went out and got like Gary Sheffield, Javi Lopez. Like they stacked their team, and uh, they just couldn't get it, couldn't get it done. But I think that, that's one of the that's one of the things about baseball is like it is such a difficult unpredictable game that you know you can't you can't just buy your team uh you know you can't just buy a championship team you can't just get one or two guys it's got to be you really have to construct a good team um so yeah it's it's uh you never know what you're gonna get and i think that's kind of what what is able to make baseball so great is uh that that uniqueness and that um you know you never know yeah, those Braves teams were, and you know what? You're probably you're actually a little too young because it was even before you were. But like, but man, 90s, the, yeah. those yeah, those those pitch. I mean, Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, Avery, Denny mm-hmm. Nagel. They just the, it was. I, I mean, for for my money, Maddox is the best pitcher ever. Um, yeah. So let me ask you, I don't even know if you're allowed to comment on this, but I'm going to ask you because pretty yeah. controversial, just in the news, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, they're not going to be in baseball's Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I would I would put those guys in in a heartbeat. I mean, to me, you know, like, hey, everyone knows it's like the steroid era. I mean, just put an asterisk by it and say, hey, this was, uh, you know, this was a time in baseball where, this is what happened. We clean it up, but I mean, you know, like the the McGuire and Sosa home run chase, like single handedly, like revived baseball. And uh, you know, the, I mean, Barry Bonds is there's no there is not a, a batter that's ever played baseball that was more um, really more menacing than Barry Bonds. I mean, how how or how can you not how can you not put that guy in the Hall of Fame? You know, it's not. And I I get it. Like, yeah, the the you know, the steroids is a huge advantage, but a lot of the guys were doing steroids. Um, is it and, really a huge advantage though? And this yeah, is, uh, yeah. I've talked about this at nauseum. Absolutely. Um, you don't, but in the eighties, in the eighties, they just had bowls of greenies in the clubhouse and, and the guys were popping amphetamines and going out there, speeding their faces off. That, that wasn't a benefit. No, it was, but I mean, there, there's a, uh, there's a difference between, like 80s guys and then a guy hitting 73 home runs and getting walked every other at bat, you know, like what Barry Bonds did was truly, uh, it's remarkable. And I can't ever, I can't picture it being done again. I mean, it really was that next level. Um, just ridiculous. Barry Bonds was, Barry Bonds was winning MVPs though. Well, before he turned into Superman, um, his, his early years in Pittsburgh and, People don't realize that Barry Bonds, I don't know what the real number is, but I think he has like seven or eight gold gloves. Um, when, I, when I was a kid, he was making the most ridiculous plays in the field, basket catches, and just, I mean, he was a phenomenal baseball player. Without yeah. the home runs, without the home run record, Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. Barry Bonds yeah. never, ever tested positive for anything. Baseball didn't even start testing until 2005, and Barry Bonds was retired in 2007. There is no Hall of Fame if Barry Bonds isn't in there. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. I wouldn't word it quite that strongly. Just there's a lot of great, great guys in the Hall, but I mean, it, it is, it's a, it's a, it's kind of tragic that he's not there. I mean, it, you're missing. You're missing the greatest that there ever was, you know. I, I even think. What do you have on Pete Rose not being in the Hall? Charlie Hustle needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I it's know. A joke. I know. It's, it's not even close. Pete Rose, maybe. Um, you know, there's there's a bunch of guys that you can, you know, uh, Ted Williams and even a Chiro and, but like Pete Rose might be the greatest hitter of all time, and he's not in the Hall of Fame because he 
you know, he, he gambled on baseball as a manager. Um, I think, I think they say he only ever gambled like for his team, which I know is still not acceptable, but if, if he was betting against his team, then yes, that's, that's a completely different story. But, and I don't know, you know, I don't know everything that happened, but, uh, being that guy was, that guy was incredible too. The fact that Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame is a shame. The fact that Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame is a shame. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's also going to be guys like Alex Rodriguez that aren't going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, there's a lot of guys that aren't going to be in the Hall of Fame, and they're all thanks to my former podcast partner. So um, had had Jose not wrote that book, everything would be different in the world right now. So thanks, Jose. Man. Um, so disc golf plans for, for after you retire, um, are, are we going to see you in some, we're, we're going to see you in some like masters tournaments, I'm guessing like in 15 years, right? It's, we'll, we'll, we'll see how the body feels. We'll see, uh, we'll see sure. if I maybe gotten my putting, uh, a little better and, and, and something. If, if I, if I feel confident, I can be like a thousand rated player. If I play in tournaments, maybe be fun to do a couple of them but i, I kind of i'm more like leaning towards n- not quite like the business side of it but like i really am really interested in building uh like a cool course and like doing social media for it doing like all kinds of different stuff and seeing if i can't like can't do something big in, in disc golf kind of with like the content and that side not not quite the skill side because you know i i don't think i'd ever be able to catch up to you know get anywhere near like what these top guys are i mean they're they're they really are um i mean they're they're great athletes they're um you know they're they're skilled skilled in a way that takes years and years and years of repetition listen there's a lot of disc golf well not a lot but there's disc golf guys that are putting out better content than they are scores uh, on their rounds um so (laughs) there's there's no question that you could certainly do something like that are you ever going to flip the script you know Macbeth was a Macbeth was a hot shot little league baseball player. Um, you're, you're ever going to throw him in the batter's box and show him up? Or oh, I tell you what, man, stay tuned for my for our YouTube because we we got some plans along those lines. That is a video some, that people are going to watch. Yeah, we got some plans. Uh, I, I think it'd be funny, and I, I, this is you know if he hears this, it's given away. But I do think it would be funny if. Uh, if we started in first pitch, I just gave him a nasty curveball and and buckled his knees and and uh, but no, I think I'd have to tell him kind of like what was coming at least to start with, uh, and then maybe do like a couple of bats where he doesn't know what's coming just so he can kind of get an idea of what uh, what my opponent's got to face. Wow, you better not be have fun. taken it easy on him. Oh, I won't. We'll, we'll right. it'll be uh, we'll get like a a track man and all that, so we'll know like how hard I'm throwing. We'll know what the spin is, all that stuff. So. Get some different camera angles. I think that'd be some really good content. Yeah, I definitely. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, man, I uh, I know that you are busy and it's late, um, and I can't thank you enough for coming on and chatting some disc golf and some baseball and some sports with us. Uh, and like I said, I, I really look forward to following your baseball career because it, it's just getting started. Um, thank you. And, and, and soon you're you're not going to answer my messages anymore. So I wanted to get it in before you, before before you know before before you got a few Cy Youngs on the mantle and uh, and I you, you're gonna pushed have to off to an assistant. You got to start sending Nate to get uh to get the the interviews and the podcast stuff. Right. Right. Well, I, I, I already do. I use his name all the time. I'm like, listen, it doesn't matter who I am, but just know that I work with Nate Sexton and we'd like to chat with you. And people are usually like, okay. Um, or, or, they, or they don't respond. And then I do have to call Nate and go, Nate, he won't respond to me. Can you call him? Send him a DM. <laughs> nice. And then we, and then we get it done. So, uh, well, Hey man, I hope, uh, I, I hope the owners open up the door soon and, uh, and we get baseball Thank back you. because Thank it's you. just, uh, I don't know. It's like, baseball man americano you know we we, yep. we need baseball so um yep. and and especially for you man because i know that you've got you've got big things coming and that uh that chicago white Sox team is uh is pretty stacked up i think you guys are ready to make a run and uh and i'm looking forward to watching that and checking out some cool uh some cool disc golf content from you as well uh do you have the page up already where can our listeners find that 
Uh, oh, for uh, for previous <laughs> content, or yeah, it's just Dylan Cease uh, for YouTube. I'm I'm a, I'm slacking a little bit. I've only got uh, I think I've got four videos out right now. Um, one of of me and my twin brother playing, and then the other ones I did a a series of Paul where we opened uh, some some disc dying videos. So I, I've got to still. I'm working on releasing the last part of that actually. Um, so I, it's kind of, I, I released those like a month and a half ago and then I got sidetracked with a bunch of stuff and life happened. So but we're back on track. I, I shot a, a round with uh, Paul, Amir Garrett uh, and myself in, in Vegas as well. So I, I, I'll probably post that and uh, yeah, kind of maybe throw some this out of stadiums or something, try to try to come up with some cool ideas. Nice. Look, man, I you know I'll be the first to admit, being an Oregon kid, I said kind of the same thing to Casey DeSmith when we had him on hockey and baseball. Those are kind of the sports I never I never really caught them as far as like following. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a positive right now because I don't have a team, so I'm going White Sox. Oh, let's go! All right, cool. I have to send you some White Sox swag. Let's, yeah, that's my team now. Cool. Wow, love it. <laughs> Look at this, man. We're just we're just making things happen. This is this is exciting. Well, yeah, you know, I, we had Casey we had Casey DeSmith on, and um, I'm a I'm a Sabers fan for hockey. That's just the way it is. He's the goaltender for the Penguins, but he put up on Instagram a few months ago his new mask that he had done uh, for the season, and it's Dwight Schrute from The Office. Which is my favorite show of all time. And, uh, I sent him a message and I was like, dude, disc golf and the office, like, I'm really trying hard to stay a Sabres fan here, but you're pulling me to the, <laughs> we just to the other best side. Friends? Yeah. And he, said, <laughs> and he said, he said, I'll give you five Stanley Nichols if you become a Penguins fan, um, which is a, a currency from the office. And I was like, all right, dude, I'm in. What am I supposed to do? How do I, how can I turn that yeah, down? Yeah. So, um, a, that guy's good too, man. He, uh, we were yeah. supposed to play together in Pittsburgh, but he, he had an injury that ended up pouring. So yeah, that guy's, that guy's a great disc golfer. He's, he's more, he's definitely more advanced than I am. Well, it yes. turns out you professional athletes have a knack for this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we, stuff. we pick up, uh, yeah, we pick up movements uh, a little bit quicker than the uh, average person, I think. Yeah, sure, yeah, I sure. would say. Well, well, Nate, look at this, man. That, look, we thought we were just going to have a disc golf podcast. Now you're a Penguins fan. You're a White Sox what? fan. Yeah, give me Trailblazers. Trailblazers. I guess I'll go, man. Seahawks and Bills for me, and then baseball. It's clear White Sox. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. hockey, same way. Penguins, all the way. Well, no. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Aaron Rodgers on this podcast because you know Aaron Rodgers likes to play disc golf. Yeah, that's what uh, I've heard. Are, are you fact, serious? Fact, yeah, Aaron no, Rod- Aaron Rodgers is yeah, a disc he's golf a player. Fan. He's a player. Um, in, fa- in fact, oh. he he begged Ricky Wysocki for a picture in a grocery store a couple years ago. It was on. Uh, <laughs> it was all over social media. A picture of Rick and Aaron Rodgers. It was really cool that he recognized him. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a disc golf fan, and I am gonna get him. So you mark my words. Um, so we'll. Uh, but you know what? Who knows what team he's gonna be on by the time we get him here? So, um, but yeah. Th- so there's there's one for you to look for, Dylan, because uh, A Rod likes to play. So maybe I can. Uh... Get around with them. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, again, man, thank you so much for stopping in and chatting with us. Uh, like I said, look forward to uh, to seeing what happens with your baseball career because I, I know it's going to be huge things. And uh, looking forward to some cool disc golf content, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks so much, man. Good to good to meet you via podcast and wishing you the best. Thank you. You too. Good luck this uh, season. Thanks. You too. Yep. See you guys. Awesome conversation with Dylan. Uh, really so cool to have him be able to stop in. And, you know, guys, I know we talk to a lot of big name disc golf players and we tell a lot of disc golf stories, but, uh, I think it's also cool to see people from other walks of life and, uh, that are enjoying disc golf this much. And, and he's really into it, Nate. Yeah, definitely. Especially people with million dollar arms. Those are the kind of guys I like talking to. Yeah, multi, multi, multi-million dollar arms. Like I said, he's going to be out of our – well, he's going to be out of my range soon. I'll be getting passed off to the assistant, but happy to have him. <laughs> happy to have him for now. Um, so, Nate, 
um, some cool stuff going on. Now, I'm sure in the past, uh, people remember we had Double G on the show, uh, had a cool talk with Garrett, and um, you and uh, and Chandler Fry did a little taste test of some Double G jerky, and it looks like they're kind of, uh, they're expanding a little bit. They're stepping up their flavor scale, including one pretty special one, right, Nate? Yeah, there's flavor. I got to say, <laughs> no, it is really good though. Nate Sexton, sweet and spicy. Uh, it's my, it is my favorite, honestly, but that's because I picked it. They gave me a couple choices of flavors and that's the one I went with. It's really good. Uh, they sent me a ton of the little one ounce bags. I've been carrying them in the side of my pound disc golf bag. And if I see a shot that's sweet and spicy enough, man, I toss it out to whoever it is. So if you see me on the course and you've got something in the tank, you're ready to show me a shot. Give me a holler. If it's sweet and spicy, you can have a bag of jerky, no problem. Yeah, they uh, they sent me out some. I, I couldn't believe how good the sweet and spicy is. And I'm not just saying that because it's got your name on there, Nate. Uh, it, it really is good. But it is kind of fitting, man, because, you know, you're you're a little sweet and, and then a little spicy. You know, you're a nice guy on the podcast. You get on the course, you get a little spicy. So, you know, huh. I, I think it was a good it was a good flavor choice uh, for you. Yeah, I like to think I, you know, I got a little spice on the back burner if I need it. Yeah, so guys, all you have to do is go ahead and visit doublegjerky.com. Check out the new Nate Sexton flavor. This it could be the new collectible. Like these <laughs> these bags could be the 2015 Firebirds that everybody didn't jump on, right? So in yeah. 10 years, you might be like, I got the first round of Nate Sexton sweet and spicy. So uh go ahead and head over to doublegjerky.com. Not only are you getting uh, an awesome snack, the jerky is just amazing. Uh, Double G is kind of a, a master uh, behind the grill. Uh, but, of course, uh, a proceeds go to the Double G Foundation, uh, which helps get um, uh, PGA memberships for um, uh, youth which is they've I don't even know how many they've gotten at this point, but I know that they've just gotten so many, uh, been able to help people out doing that. So uh, go ahead and, and check them out. And then I think uh, there's still uh, the McBeast barbecue. I think is is up there. Oh yeah. Uh, and then and then all the other awesome flavors. Uh, it's just really cool because uh, you know Double G is uh, is an awesome guy. Uh, Team Innova throws the disc four miles it's unreal how far he throws the disc and i think the jerky has something to do with that nate <laughs> I, I need to go i'm gonna go eat a bag right after this because yeah <laughs> i i need to get i need to figure that out for sure absolutely so check them out double g jerky.com uh pick up your new nate sexton flavor and go ahead and uh leave us a comment on the instagram at running it with nate sexton let us know what you think uh about the new nate sexton sweet and spicy and uh we thank double g craft jerky for everything that they've done for this podcast and now nate you will you live forever as a snack yeah if people if people really collect these things get them in like a no light, no oxygen, keep it at the constant temperature. Maybe I can make it. Maybe I can make it a thousand years. It's amazing. DoubleGJerky.com. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Running It with Nate Sexton. Remember to check out all of our amazing sponsors. If you heard an ad, something that you like, we're going to go ahead and have the links listed in the description below. Go ahead, click on it. Check out our friends over at Rogue Discs. Special thanks to Greasy Dyes and Visionary Disc Golf, and of course, Double G Craft Jerky. Until next time, I'm Jared Orr. He's Nate Sexton. Most people are laying it up, but here, we're going to run it. Beautiful.